Wow, running on empty. Like last week, Pastor John had an awesome message and a lot of practical ways. And he talked about gauges, like gauges in a car, you know, like the petrol gauge, empty. And, and he talked about how there's two different sorts of people. Some people, like they want to immediately go as soon as they get the warning, like boom, off to the petrol station. Other people, just let it keep on going. I mean, I, I asked my son last night, like, what kind of person are you, Nathan? And he, and, and he goes, well... I probably used to be the one that was like, let it go to empty and keep going. But he goes, but that's because I had no money. <laughs> but he goes, but now I don't have to pay for my petrol. Man, straight there, straight there. But, but that's it. There's things in our lives that, that can affect even watching the gauges and what we do. So it's not always an option to just change it like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. When, uh, you know, back in the day in New Zealand... When, when I was in New Zealand, you could get your license at 15. Oi, imagine 15-year-old Teresa on the road, like, hello. Just as well, there's not that many cars in New Zealand, right? But, but anyway, 15 years old. But before that, before I could even reach the pedals, I used to, this was probably illegal, but I don't know whether it was in that day. I used to sit on my father's lap and I used to practice steering at the car while we were going. But he taught me, my dad, he taught me, I used to say, like, what's the E stand for? And he'd go, E stands for enough, not empty, <laughs> enough. So, and he goes, and, and he taught me like different ways to save petrol. He goes, okay, we're going down this massive hill, because this is in New Zealand, there's lots of hills, right? We're going down this massive hill and we're going to save some petrol. So we turn the ignition off and down you go. That's how you save petrol. No, do not try that, all right? Do not do that. But this is what I was brought up to learn. Like, you know, yeah, my, my dad had lots of great wisdom things happening there you know and hey I just want to say also like welcome to those onlineers out there especially my cuz like I know you're watching cuz cousin Kyra kia ora Kyra yeah I'm going to talk a little bit about my cousin Kyra a little bit later she's part of my message today she lives in Melbourne and so um I, I just take I just during worship I thought hey I'm going to see if she wants to watch so so thanks for um, coming along Kyra good to have you here and everyone else of course online good to have you here as well so, there's those gauges, and I was thinking, uh, one time in Brisbane, a long time ago, when I was eight months pregnant, I had a, a 17-month-old in the back, I was in peak traffic, and I was on my way to an appointment, and I was trying to sing at the same time, driving in my car car, because that was the, you know, just to keep everything happy, that was the latest Wiggle song at the time. And like, you know, there's all these things going on. I'm like, 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 and I'm thinking like, I've got to get to that appointment and this car's stopping in front of me. And there's, you know, and the lights always turn red when you're in a hurry. And it's just like, what is going on? So I'm feeling like a little bit anxious, a little bit stressed, but, but I'm still going along and then, Right before these lights, the car dies. What? What? That's all I'm going to say. That wasn't what I said then. But anyway, and <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to say what I said. <laughs> you can imagine. I, I didn't know God at that time. Yeah, that might give you a little bit of few clues there. But anyway, maybe it's that, that word that they say on football. Like, yeah, no, no, we won't go there, you know, when they miss something. Yeah, anyway. So, so, so I'm in the car, and I'm upset, and then I just burst into tears because I just don't know what to do. I'm eight months pregnant. It's not like I can push the car anywhere because it's right in the middle of all this traffic. Everyone's beeping at me. I mean, but they don't know. 
what's going on in my life. They don't know that I'm eight months pregnant. Not until I get out in the car. <laughs> no, no, but, but they don't know that, that they've got a child in the back seat. They don't know I'm on my way to an appointment. See, things can be going on around us and people just don't know. Because if they did know, they'd probably help you. So what happened? I just burst into tears and I just sit there because there's nothing I can do. I can't start the car. I'm right in the middle lane. Uh, like people are going past and like looking at, glaring at me. And, and, and you know, so I just sit there and cry because I just don't know what else to do. And then a guy, saviour, he, he, he gets out of, he stops behind me, he gets out of the car and he comes up to the window and he goes, you know, are you okay? And I'm bawling my eyes out. And he's going, yeah, obviously not. <laughs> and, and he goes, what's, what's the matter? And I says, I don't know, the car just died. And believe it or not, I broke down right next to a service station. What? So anyway, he goes, I'm going to push, you steer. And, I, I, and he pulled someone else up and got them to stop the traffic so we could go across the lane. Because, I mean, it was really busy. And anyway, he pushes me in there. And, and, and I'm, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how amazing is that? You know, you can be feeling so down and so lost and so anxious and so stressed. And it's amazing how one person can change your day. So anyway, I get in there. The guy, who's the mechanic, comes out. He has a look. And he goes, the first thing he says to me, like, not, was not hello. He goes, I can't believe it. Did, weren't you looking at your gauges like you've blown the head gasket? It, it would have been the temperature would have been on high, high, high. Weren't you watching that? And so I started crying again. <laughs> I was like, and then he's like, oh. but but that's what happens. See, like you can be in a spot. People just don't know, you know. Like it's not his fault. He wasn't trying to be mean to me, calling me an idiot more or less. But but he but he realised then like, uh oh. Something's going on. Oh, like, it's okay, it's okay. And I said to him, the only gauge that I ever watch was the petrol gauge. And this is what can happen in our lives. Sometimes we only concentrate on one gauge. It might be a family gauge, or it might be a finance gauge, or it might be a physical gauge, or it might be a spiritual gauge. It doesn't matter what it is. If we only concentrate on one gauge, anything can happen on the other ones. So that's why we're going to talk about how running on empty, like what you can do. What I've, what, two things that I do, not two things, two things that I do to help me when I'm running on empty. And one of them wasn't cry, okay? That's not it. That's not one of them. So, so the first one is actually reflection. So an American philosopher who's a psychologist and educational reformer, his name was John Dewey, Dewey, Dewey. D-E-W-E-Y, Dewey. Uh, he said, we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. See, because we all experience things, but we don't actually learn from that experience. We learn when we take a look at that situation, when we, we, we look at that experience, and that's what we learn from. And, and, and you know, sometimes in my life, I just haven't I've made lots and lots of mistakes, but instead of looking at that experience for what it was and how I could actually learn from that, I've just kept on trucking. And do you know what eventually happens? You make the same mistake. So that's what I mean. So we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on our experience. In Proverbs, in 14.8, it says, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. 
So the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. So wisdom is considering where actions lead. It's considering the motives behind them, and it's considering the results that come from them. That's what wisdom is. So wisdom, like taking the time to reflect. I mean, you know, you wouldn't, like if you made a recipe and it like didn't work out, you're not gonna use that same recipe again, are you? You're either going to like make sure you followed it in the first place, or you're gonna make, or get another recipe, or maybe you need to get another cook. But regardless of that, you, you, <laughs> amen to that, there's a few people. Yeah, but regardless of that, you're not gonna do things exactly the same as you did. You won't make that dish again. But why is it, why is it that in our lives, things happen to us, and then, you know, a little bit later on, the same things happens to us? You know, did we actually take the time to look and see what happened? So reflection is really, really important. I mean, I, I've worked at a lot of places in my life, and almost all of them, uh, one of the things that I've found like that wherever I've worked, I can always see ways to improve things. That's just one of the things with me. I'll start doing something and I think, oh, you know, why do we do that? See, that's just an inside thing. It's always been like that. Why do we do that? Why do that? So whenever I've asked the person who used to do it before, the answer I get is, that's the way we've always done it. I mean, just because that's the way you've always done it, that's not always a good reason to continue doing something, is it? No, it isn't. Like, so I've got this little story that I found, like that I read the other day, and it says, um, years ago in Russia, a czar came upon a lonely sentry standing at attention in a secluded corner of the palace garden. What are you guarding? Asked the czar. I don't know. The captain ordered me to this post, and that's why I'm here. So the czar goes and finds the captain, and he says, uh, like, what's he out there, what's he guarding out there? Well, written regulations specify a guard was to be assigned to that area. The czar ordered a search to find out why. The archives finally yielded the reason why. Years beforehand, Catherine the Great had planted a rose bush in that corner, and she ordered a sentry to protect it. The problem was that Catherine the Great and the rose bush had been dead for over 100 years. But centuries were still guarding that same empty spot, never knowing why. I just want, I know it's nuts, isn't it? Like, what? But that's why sometimes like, you, need to, you need to ask yourself, like, why? Why am I doing this? Are there things that you're doing right now and you don't even know why you're doing them anymore. Like at the beginning, it might have been a great idea, but you're still doing them. But do you really need to, to you know, be doing them? So that's why reflection is very important. And you might think, oh, well, you know, how do you do reflection? Well, a couple of years ago at uh, our C3 conference, uh, John Finkildy, he's one of our pastors, John Finkildy, he did an ses uh, actual session on reflection and gave us questions to reflect on. So, you know, he, he, he talked about where, like, you should always reflect in a place where you're relaxed, where you're unrushed, and you enjoy the environment. I mean, it might be your favorite room in the house, it might be a cafe, it might be out in nature, it might be wherever, where it is, but you find a spot for one hour, one hour. That one hour can make so much of a difference to your life, because if you're not taking that time to reflect right now, your life is just flashing on right by you. So, and then, so for one hour, and he said to do it monthly, like, 
I, I found it really hard to do it monthly myself, so I do it bi-monthly, and I set an appointment in my calendar, bi-monthly for one hour. And I've got all the questions, because he gave us some questions. You can actually Google uh, John Finkildy, and you, you can use his questions. But there are questions that are coming to your head right now, really, about what are the things you ask. We talked about different gauges. We talked about spiritual, physical, emotional, your mind, your, your relationships, your family, all those sorts of things. Those are the kind of questions you should be asking yourself. I'm going to give you a few examples, like um, how are my relationships? So that could be, you know, your spouse. It could be... Uh, friendships, it could be your colleagues at work. So that's just one question. And then another question I ask myself is, what can I do in the next month to strengthen those relationships? Because it's not just about how they are. I want my relationships with people to be strong. I want my relationships with my family to be strong. I want my relationships with my work colleagues to be strong. So it, it makes me think, you know, how's that going? And okay, well, how can I make that stronger in the next, what can I do in the next month to help that relationship? So, and then it's another one, you know, how are my energy levels? You know, how, how much sleep am I getting? For me, sleep is um, not an issue anymore, but it has been in the past. Where I, on average, I would sleep four and a half hours, you know, over a week, four and a half hours a day over a week. I mean, now, I mean, I worked on that, but I worked on it through reflection, I realized that how much I wasn't sleeping, so I worked on it. I did a whole sleep hygiene um, like little course for myself and put all the, like the iPad away in the phone, not in the bedroom anymore, all those sorts of things, just different little things that helped me to sleep. But if I hadn't reflected on how much I wasn't sleeping, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, now I'm probably up to six and a half hours, which is great. And if I get if I have a sleep over seven hours, I get a, like a little green star on my on my like phone, and it's like awesome. I like the little green stars, little green stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the questions. So you know, how is my exercise going? How can I like? How am I going with my finance world and my finance work? You know, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to keep doing? And then another one is, and this is probably one that I think about a lot, is what season am I in? I want you to think about like what season are you in? In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. There is a time and a season for everything. So I think... You know, like what, what, and you think, oh, well, what does that even mean, a season? Well, even in the natural, we have different seasons. You know, we've got autumn, summer, spring, and winter. And if you look at those just in the natural, if you look at autumn, typical things in autumn, like things are falling away, leaves are falling. And you know, I think of the autumn for me as sometimes there's things I need to let go of, whether they're thoughts in my head, whether they're, you know, whether it's anger or whether it's like things that are like, you know, there's sometimes I need to let go of things. So I might be in an autumn season where I just need to like, hey, settle down now, like, you know, sort myself out. I'll go to God and I'll say like, what is it that I need to let go of? So like, that's autumn. Winter. Now you think like, think like winter's like freezing, it's freezing cold and all that sort of stuff. But winter is like a time for rest. I mean, animals hibernate. So it's a natural time for rest. And it's a good time to hear from God to give you direction and, and where you're going. So winter is not, 
You might think, oh, winter's a bear time, it's a horrible time, but it is a bear, like hibernation bear. It's that kind of time. It can be a time for rest, and if you fight it, it can be a hard time for you. <laughs> Believe me, I know, I know. A spring, spring is like that fresh feeling, like spring's awesome, it's, it's time for planting ideas. It's time where you see the early stages of blossoms. I mean, I love spring, spring's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not too hard to stay on track then. It's like everything is awesome. Yeah. So, and then, and then there's summer. And that's a time to reap. Time to reap what you planted in spring. All right? To get, and it's also a time to pull up weeds, to get rid of things that are distractions to, to, to you. So I think of seasons like that, and I ask God, what season am I in? So when I'm reflecting every couple of months, I'm asking God, because do you know what? Seasons do change. And sometimes they change just like that. Sometimes you can get some news that changes your season just like that. Yeah? That's, it's the truth. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, I've got some photos, right? I went for a holiday in New Zealand. And I'll have the first picture, the first one, please. Oh, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? This is just last month. This is like two, three weeks ago, October. This is October. This is Lake Tekapur. It is like beautiful, isn't it? It's like, oh my gosh, and it's springtime. It's a little bit fresh, but it's like amazing. I'm loving it. And like, look at the mountains. It's like good. So yeah, I'm thinking like, yes. Now this is the next day. I'll have number two, thanks. It's snowing in October. Are you kidding me? But that's just how quickly a season can change. I mean, you know, one minute's beautiful. Next minute, I look out, the lake is still there behind all that gray cloud. You can't see it anymore. But that's what I mean. Things can change just like that. You can take it down now. But I just wanted to, like when I, um, quite a few years ago, I tore my Achilles. Yeah, that was not exciting because I had nine months in a boot. That's so not exciting. I was not a happy camper because, like, I'm an active person. I've got to tell you. And, like, the first six weeks, I had to have my leg up every time I wasn't, like, on it, like, raise it up, and I just had to lie there. And man, I hated it. I hate that. Like, like, like because I'm, I'm not very good like that. Well, I found out, really, I really am not really good at that. Like, like just lying down. I'm not good at relaxing. I, like, it was like forced rest. And, like, for the first six weeks, I was on crutches. I remember, like, uh, the first week trying to get the vegetables out to make myself lunch or something. But I could only use one hand because I was on a crutch. And I, I pulled the thing out, and it just dropped on the floor and everything just rolled everywhere. Apples, carrots, bananas, everywhere. Smash something, glass everywhere. Oh my gosh, what the heck? Like, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not enjoying that. I'm not enjoying that season of my life at the time. So I wasn't, but you know, because I'm not used to feeling helpless. I'm not used to asking people for help. I'm not used to like, not being active. Like, what? I mean, I've played sport all my life, so I'm not used to just staying put and then like this angel had a chat with me her name is Prue there she is down there Prue the angel and she gave me some um, DVDs of a healing conference and like she says oh you know you should 
like these would be good for you, watch these, watch these. And I'm thinking like, yeah, no, not really. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm like, thank you so much, Prue. And then I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't want to watch DVDs of people. Like, but I've got to tell you, I started to watch those DVDs. God started to come into like my world and lift my spirits, even though he couldn't lift my leg. Because my, that's just it. Physically, my gauge was low. It doesn't mean my spiritual gauge has to be low. I got so much out. I just watched them one after that. I started to get filled. I started to get filled. Because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes your life. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter that my leg was that. And you know, the, the greatest thing that I got from that was like, I, there was a scripture in there. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. I started to appreciate the time that I had. I got my Bible out. I got my books out. I started to do studies on David. I started to do studies in the Bible. I started to use that time instead of like moaning about it and whinging and carrying on and feeling sorry for myself, I started to build some of the other gauges in my life. I had a phone. I could ring up my family in New Zealand. I, you know, I could ring up people. I, I, I took the time. And sometimes you've got to just... Give yourself a break. Don't be hard on yourself. Take, accept the season you're in and work through that. Cool? That's so good, right? So yeah, yeah. And then like, but then what happens after I get the boot off my leg, like one leg is like so skinnier than the other, like it like dipped inwards. Like I had no muscle, whatever that muscle's called, because it was like, like that. Yeah. I take the boot off and then I realize, oh my gosh. I've got to restart building that leg. And that is my next thing. So we, we reflect, reflect, reflect. We reflect, and then we restart. On Friday morning, I'm starting to prepare this message, and then my computer starts going bonkers, and then we have picture five, please. We, can we show that? All this beeping's going on, and that comes up on the screen. Your PC ran into a problem and needs to restart. We're just collecting some error info, and then we'll restart for you. Isn't that nice? What a nice message. No, it wasn't nice. I'm like, what? I'm working on something. But it was, so obviously, the 40-something windows that I had open had, had, had actually done something to, uh, I know, well, I'm, re, you know, I'm, I'm working on something, but, but, but obviously, that, there's a gauge that's automatic in my computer that says, hello, just collecting the error info. It's doing some reflecting for me. <laughs> but it's reflecting and it says, you know, we're going to find the errors and then we are automatically going to restart this computer. Oh my gosh. And it actually did it. It did its thing. And then everything was awesome. Everything was good. But I found out that, you know, when you restart a computer, that it flushes the RAM. Oh, I know. It sounds like you're sticking a ram's head down the toilet. But, but it flushes the ram. No, it doesn't. No, you weren't thinking that, all you like IT people. But like RAM actually stands for random access memory. And, it, and it's your computer's main type of memory. I mean, how did I know that? I looked it up. So that, but, so, but when you restart a computer, you flush out all the random, unimportant, and temporary data bogging down your computer. I know. It speeds up the performance and it saves time. I always, one, a person told me years ago, you know, sometimes you need to slow down to speed up. 
This is this kind of thing. When you re restart something, sometimes you do need to slow down to actually speed up. You know, how many times have you been bogged down like, like by different things? Things happen in our lives, you know, and it could be lots and lots of different things. It could be broken relationships. You know, there, there could be things that really hurt and you think, what is going on? Or it could be like health things. Like I was talking to my cousin on the phone. Her name is Kyra, Kia ora Kyra, the one I said hello to before. Like my cousin has never watched me preach before, like we actually are real cousins. I know I call you all my church cousins, but uh, our fathers are brothers, so we are cousins. <laughs> yeah, so she's my real cousin. I was talking to Kyra, and Kyra is like one of the most active or hypoactive, like people that I know, but she's awesome. She's brilliant. She's like worked for different MPs. She's done all sorts of things all her life. She's just really switched on, high capacity, happening, uh, young uh, like lady not so young anymore cuz but anyway but 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 <laughs> so uh in at the end of may my cousin moved to melbourne the week she gets there she actually found a lump on her breast she finds out that week she's got breast cancer what she was going down there for this new job so you think you're in summer you think you're reaping the harvest. You're heading down to Melbourne like, yeah, everything is good. I've got this new job. I've got my family. Moved my whole family down there. It's all going to be awesome. And then you get that news. All of a sudden, she's in winter. And I talked to my cousin. I mean, it's all good. Like, Well, it's not all good, but she has an operation not that long after that. And the great news about that operation is they get all the cancer out in Jesus name like that is such good news that's great news but the thing is I'm like well why do you have to have chemo for then because she has to have like 12 weeks of chemo and then so many weeks of radiation straight after that so she won't be finished doing this whole thing like she's right in the middle of it now and talking to her uh, yesterday or was it the day before it just made me think about you know everything can be all happy happy summer, summer, spring, spring, and then kaboom. Just news like that. All of a sudden, you can get bogged down. You don't, you don't even know what is going on. You don't even know what this thing is that is going on. You don't know what's going to happen to you. And all these things, and then... But the, the thing I love about Kyra is that from that, she's reflected. She's actually been sharing her journey on Facebook with the family and stuff like that so that they will know that it's going to be okay. She's positive. She goes, like she's like sat down, made this plan out. This is happening, that's happening, that's happening, that's happening, and, and this is all happening, and then that's happening. So that new job that she got, she rang them up. They're actually happy for her to start when she gets well. So do, do you get what I mean? So it doesn't mean just because, yes, her life is on hold at the moment, all those other gauges around her, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't have a hope for the future. That's right, because she's awesome. But that's what I mean. She's like, from being an active person, it is hard. So she's going to, and she's had to restart. So going down what she thought she was going for, but then she's had to restart. And then once this is all finished, she's going to have to restart again. But the thing is, when we do restart, we need to flush out the things that we've held on to, those random things, those unimportant things, those temporary things. We need to flush them out and get rid of them. In Jesus' name. And I just, I just know 
that my cousin, because not only is, is she been, I mean, like we were brought up to believe in God, like our grandfather was a minister. And so in this, I mean, we've had a few talks where she's been having karakia every morning. Karakia is prayer. So she's got uh, all the prayer books, the Ringatu prayer books from New Zealand and been praying and that. And, you know, I'm praying for her and our family are praying for her. And I know that God has a hope and a future for her. I know that, you know, God has called her to influence so many people. So I know that it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So, you know, I just want you to start thinking about, like, what is my season? You know, if everyone can close their eyes, I just want you to think, what season am I in? Is it winter? Is it a time of rest? Is it autumn? Is it time to let things just fall away, to let some things go? You know, is it spring? Is it a time to be planting new ideas? Or is it summer? Is it time to reap what you've planted and to get rid of the weeds that might be distracting you? What season are you in? And I just really feel if you're here today and yes, things have been chaotic in your life. You might have had bad news. Things might be tripping you up, whether it's work, whether it's physically. whether it's your health, whether it's your finances. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you today. So many hands going up. If you need the rest of God, the peace of God in your life. Thank you, Father that you see every hand raised and you know the answer. I thank you, Lord, that as we hand it over to you, Father, we, we take whatever it is, whatever burden that we have, we take it and we give it to you. And we thank you, Father, that even though it might not feel like it, you are there in the midst of it. That you know what's going on. That you guide and lead each person. I thank you, Father, for your power. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit demonstrates the goodness of God, brings healing, brings light, brings life, brings joy into situations that you thought that would never happen. I just thank you, Lord, for each person here, Father. And I just pray that you'd bring people around them, Lord. People that will pray with them, that will stand with them, that will help them practically. And Lord, we thank you that you are with them. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
Amen. You can open your eyes now. Like, I just feel God's presence here. He wants freedom. He wants freedom. He doesn't want anyone locked in a prison of thinking, locked in a prison of health, locked in a prison of, you know, financial troubles and burdens. He doesn't. He doesn't want that. And you know, you might be here today and you don't have a relationship with God yet. But you've felt throughout this time that there is something going on in you. Like I haven't always myself walked with God. I told you, you know, like, yes, I was brought up to believe in God, but never had a relationship with him. And so I spent a lot of my life until I was 38, actually, just doing my own thing and having a great time. So I thought. But I look back now, and I was just like a really um, quite an angry little control freak, big time. And it had been because of things that had happened throughout my life, things I hadn't dealt with. But then a friend of mine who uh, went along to a church encouraged me to go to one. And I walked into a room just like this one. And there were people in there and their hands were raised. They looked happy. And the person that was speaking gave an opportunity for us to invite Jesus into our lives. He talked about a God that loved me just the way I was and accepted me. He talked about a God that, you know, wanted joy and peace in my life. And, you know, I, I wanted that. So when we were asked to respond by raising our hands, like I raised my hand. I thought, I want that. I want peace in my life. I want a clean slate. I want to forget about the things that I've done. Like, if you can forgive me, God, help me. Help me flush those things away. And so in a moment like this, when we were offered that opportunity, yes, I raised my hand. And when the person that was speaking prayed for me, I felt an overwhelming sense of peace in my life. And my life has never been the same from that day forward. And, you know, as I've walked with God since that day, I've found, like, yes, he does love me. And he has a hope and a purpose for me. The Bible talks about that Jesus came so that we would have life in abundance to the full and overflowing. And my life hadn't been like that, but my life is like that now. And he taught me, like, that I could forgive people that I never thought I could forgive and that... I could forgive myself for things I would never forgive myself for. God taught me these things as I've come along. And, and you know, like there is just a joy on the inside of me, a joy that bubbles up. It, it's, it does. It's like this well. And it doesn't actually matter what is going on in my life. This joy bubbles up in me and it spills out into every area of my life. And that's because of my relationship with God. So if I could ask you, if you could just close your eyes just for a moment. Because I'm going to give you that invitation. If you have never known God or had a relationship with him, very soon I'm going to ask you to respond if you want to have one with him by raising your hand. Or if at one time you might have followed God for a little while and walked away, but today you know you want to reconnect with him, very soon I'm going to ask you also to reconnect by raising your hand. And we're going to start pray a prayer while you're in your seat. Or you might be here today and you've come along a bit and you still don't know, but you know on the inside of you, you have not made a definite commitment and you're not even certain that you're going to heaven. And if that's you today as well, very soon I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand. And then we're going to say a prayer together and invite God into your life. So if that's you today, you've never had a relationship and you want one, you want to reconnect with God,
or you want to be certain that you're going to heaven. Right now, I just want you to boldly just raise your hand in your seat so I can see it. Thank you. I see your three hands over there. Who else is there today that wants to have a relationship with God? I can feel your heart beating. I'm, my heart was beating like even my palms were a little bit sweaty. I didn't even know what was going on in me. But I feel there's someone here today that is like that. You don't know what's going on, but you know that you need to respond today. Who else is there that wants to just raise your hand so I can see it quickly and we're going to say a prayer together. Thank you. I see your hand down the back there. Who else is there? I'm looking. I'm looking. You can, you can put your hands down, ladies. You can put that down. I've seen that. It's great. Who else is there? Is there someone else here today? I still feel like there's someone else. And I feel like there's a like a wall, a barrier like that you, you want to, but you don't want to. You know, it's like, a, like this little game. This is not a game. When you give your life to Jesus, he comes in. It's like making a decision. And he comes in. He comes into your heart. And he brings your spirit to life. Who is it today? That one more person wants to have a relationship with you. Thank you. I see your hand down the back there. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. If I could just have each person just raise their hands one more time that raised their hands before, just so we, I can see. Thank you. Awesome. There's five. Thank you. So you can put your hand down. We're all going to pray together. We're going to pray this prayer together. I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you forgive me, that you died for me and my sin. I'm turning to you to follow you. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. Today I thank you that I am forgiven, that I am set free, and that I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for each person that raised their hand. I thank you, Lord, that you are with them, that you are for them, that you love them, that your spirit is coming into them, that they are going to come alive, that they will hear from you. I just thank you, Lord, for the people that you place around them. I thank you, Lord, that it wasn't just a decision, Father, but it's a commitment, a heart commitment to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can open your eyes. Now, let's give these guys a hand. So, so good. Oh my gosh, it's amazing.